Hello, and welcome to Book Reviews Kill, a podcast about fantasy, sci-fi, and horror novels. I'm Evan. And I'm Chad. And you're joining us today for our recap and discussion of Persepolis Rising, book seven in The Expanse by James S.A. Corey. I uh, mentioned in one of my TikTok videos that I felt this was a build-up sort of book. This what is a transitionary book. This is a yeah. book that we are are transitioning between basically all of the previous story which was six books long and very huge and complicated and then this book begins with a 28 year time jump that really is kind of the the change that this story needed in order to keep it going in my mind and keep me there and present for it but yeah they're definitely now needing to set up the universe because what they made before was totally changed and erased by this 28 years that just happened so so much more change so much more learning uh, kind of a new environment that we're living in and and also simultaneously very much not so what did you think about it i, I really liked the beginning a lot uh -huh. and then i didn't really love the middle that much i felt like it was kind of <laughs> it was kind of bogged down with all these kind of like machinations and plans and it, which was interesting in and of itself i suppose kind of and then, you know, I thought that the uh, the drummer chapters could kind of be lifted out just a little bit, you know, like yep. it, it felt like I had padding. I don't think drummer's a bad character at all, but I was much more into the sing chapters. Those yes. were kind of like what was carrying me through because I felt like he was a much more complicated character. And then obviously the crew of the Rocinante, um, it was kind of bittersweet to see them so old and kind of the reaction of the crew to Holden and Naomi choosing to leave and everything. It just felt like the end of an era that yeah. we had spent six books with. And another thing too, is that this book felt really dark and almost like kind of hopeless almost. Well, like it, it had very a much vibe so. to it. it. It felt like, it felt like we were already defeated Yeah, before this book even really ended, which I think maybe that was, the whole point of it but like the armies and societies and governments of mars and earth and the belt were sort of caught with their pants down here and the crew were so used to we're seeing we're so used to seeing this crew running around the solar system just kicking ass and taking names and now right, they're and all kind of brand like, new like sparkly ship that's like state-of-the-art you know now it's like rusty now they're in this old rust bucket and they're all kind of geriatric and it just felt like nobody in the entire book was ready for what was going to happen which yeah. it, was, it was cool to see but also i felt like it was a little it kind of like stumbled through and i don't know mm -hmm. if that was the whole point of the book or anything but it, yeah like i said at the beginning it's just kind of a, a build-up kind of thing yeah yeah definitely I, I totally agree with you and kind of your point of it being like just a little bit like everyone's old and like you want your crew to have like the magic sword the state-of-the-art spaceship the thing that gives them the edge over everyone else and it's like now i don't really know what that is besides like their <laughs> wit and experience like running errands for various factions in the solar system like i don't know I, and i feel you know, we'll, we'll get into it after the recap here but i i want i wanted there to be more change that passed in this 28 years it was like okay well everything's the same like i don't know just like and we're gonna skip over this 20 next year 28 no, years we need being to talk boring. about that <laughs> yeah <laughs> for sure let's get right into the recap and we'll, we'll discuss further let's do it our story begins 28 years after the events concluding babylon's ashes on laconia paulo cortazar is the head of the university and leading the research on the protomolecule he has been experimenting by infecting criminals and then disposing of their corpses when done with them 
Paolo has been injecting Winston Duarte, who is now High Council and Military Dictator of the Laconian Empire, with protomolecule-derived concoctions, hoping to achieve immortality, something Duarte considers imperative to achieve his goal of a united humanity under the rule of himself. No one else should be immortal in his view, just the leader, so he can rule the human race for all eternity. While immortality still eludes them, Duarte does begin gaining new organs and abilities, such as no longer needing to sleep and an awareness of another's thoughts. Kamina Drummer is president of the Transport Union, a sovereign federation established at the end of the Free Navy conflict. During a ribbon-cutting ceremony at the opening of a new transfer station, she learns that an unauthorized ship came out of the Freehold Gate and then went into the Oberon one. This occurred very close to another ship that was scheduled to go through the gates. Should both have happened at the same time, the gate threshold would have been exceeded and both would have disappeared. Which is why informing the trade union on Medina Station of any and all gate activity is so important. The Rocinante's crew is asked to deal with the system of Freehold, as their breaking of the gate rules cannot go unanswered. At Freehold, Holden and Bobby hold a meeting with the township's council. Holden's instructions was to inform the citizens of Freehold that they would be cut off from trade with the gate network for three years. Holden changes the plan by allowing Freehold to give up Houston, one of the township's leaders, in exchange for continued access and trade with the gate network. Though Freehold is upset, they relinquish Houston to the Rocinante. On the way back to Medina, Houston temporarily breaks free from containment but is quickly captured once again. Tired of the constant stress and high-pressure lifestyle, Holden and Naomi discuss retiring from the Rocinante and settling on Luna or Titan. When they approach Bobby about this, she agrees to purchase the Rocinante from them and become the new captain. A week later, the Laconian system announces that it will be taking over Medina Station and the rest of the worlds connected to the gate network. The threat is not taken seriously, however, as the rest of the solar system recalls them not having the firepower to back up such a threat when they left to form Laconia many years prior. Unfortunately, the two ships that emerge from the Laconian Gate, the Gathering Storm and the Tempest, are unrecognizable and possess powerful technology those on Medina Station have never seen before. Medina Station's hastily gathered defense is quickly destroyed and pacified by the high-tech Laconian ships. The Laconians waste no time in establishing a new government on Medina, led by Santiago Singh. While setting up a new government, Singh is witness to a shooting by a terrorist, which kills his assistant. Clearly shaken by the experience, Singh becomes increasingly paranoid by the attack, leading him to make bad decisions on the security protocol of the station. During this time, the Tempest begins its slow approach and eventual ev invasion of the Soul System. The people on Medina become ever wary of Singh's rule, and an underground resistance consisting mostly of old and new OPA members join forces with the crew of the Rocinante, which includes the no longer retired Holden and Naomi. Together, they begin to gather information so they can turn the once random and ineffective attacks by the resistance into a more cohesive strategy that will lead to controlling the station once again. The resistance receives news that another Laconian ship, the Typhoon, is on its way to reinforce the Laconians on Medina. Needing to act before the Laconian presence grows and are even more difficult to remove, the Underground decides they have a 40-day timetable to get out of the station before the Typhoon arrives. While all this is occurring on Medina, the Soul System is defeated by a single Laconian ship called the Tempest. Palace, Tycho Station, and Void City are seized by the Laconians as well. Their losses are severely felt by the rest of the Solar System. During the attack on Seoul, a final attempt at defeating Laconia is met with failure, as the coalition of ships throws everything they have at the Gathering Storm. 
but it is virtually unaffected. Drummer, the president of the trade station, surrenders, wanting no more needless deaths. On Medina, the information collecting has come to fruition, and the resistance is ready to begin the first stage of recapturing the station. The Rosinante and OPA members first need to get into the air gap security room, which connects to the gathering storm. This plan is almost defeated before it starts, as the guards at the air gap room have a dead switch. The Holden saves the day by activating multiple security alerts in the area, sacrificing himself to the security team, who captures and detains him. The next stage of their plan is to steal some Laconian-powered armor, so when the time is right, they can turn off all the Laconian-powered armor with an override code. This allows the next stage of their plan to begin. The prisoners being held by the Laconians are freed by Saba, drummer's husband. During the mass breakout, the Rosinante escapes. Naomi and Clarissa are tasked with sabotaging Medina Station's sensor system, while Bobby and Amos plan on sabotaging the Tempest, so it is vulnerable to their more conventional attacks and can be destroyed. Alex clears the dock and lures the undermanned Gathering Storm to follow. Soon, Amos makes his way into the Tempest, using a cutting torch. Before entering, however, they deactivate all the Laconian-powered armor in the system. Amos then heads to the machine shop and Bobby to the command deck. Amos is unable to scuttle the ship due to the alien technology which he is unfamiliar with. Bobby, however, once again proves her worth and is able to take control of the gathering storm, forcing its crew out the airlock while wearing vacuum suits. Naomi and Clarissa begin their plan to deactivate the sensor package, but are betrayed by the Voltaire Collective operator they are with. With the powered armored soldiers disabled, five unarmored security guards surround Naomi and Clarissa. About to be tied up with zip ties, Naomi and Clarissa's chance of disabling the sensor package become more and more unlikely by the second. Clarissa, who has been very sick due to her aging implants, activates her artificial glands for the last time. In the quick melee that follows, the superhuman Clarissa defeats the five guards, killing them all including the defector. Soon, however, she crashes from the chemicals and breathes her last while in Naomi's arms. After the gathering storm is properly pacified, the 20 ships involved with the underground resistance make a mass rush out of Medina. In the aftermath of their uprising, in Medina Station, Singh forms a plan to kill one-third of Medina's population to make it safe. Overstreet, Singh's head of security, learns of the plan and explains he had been warned not to let Singh kill Laconian citizens, and promptly shoots him. As the dust settles, the crew of the Rasadante, now only Alex and Naomi, are on the planet of Freehold, while Amos and Bobby are on the Gathering Storm. The Gathering Storm is hiding in a cave on a moon of a nearby planet. Bobby, Amos, and the Belters they took the ship with are doing their best to make sense of the new tech the ship is made from. Holden, still a prisoner, is sent to Laconia. It is made known to him that the species that took a shot at the protomolecule on Illus also took a shot at the Tempest when it used its gravity weapons on Pallas during the fight for Tycho Station. It is known that Holden has experience with the Eye of God that has destroyed the protomolecule in the past. Winston Duarte, who has been taking modifying agents with protomolecule technology developed by Cortazar, no longer sleeps and has the ability to read someone's thought patterns, which he uses to influence and manipulate those around him. The world is in chaos, with the threat of a combined dictator attempting to rule all of humanity and a more mysterious and elusive evil that has the power to eliminate the species as a whole, looming heavily over humanity's shoulders. The book ends with Duarte interviewing Holden, questioning him about his experience and knowledge, and saying that Holden will be crucial in the fight to come with the protomolecule destroyers. Okay, let's talk about the time jump. 
we'll start with the, sure. the very yeah. beginning of the book begins 28 years later i'm like oh cool because i just kind of thought the story was getting stale how many times can the rossinanti like get in battles and just manage to dip duck and dodge its way through these missiles that are coming and like it was just kind of a tired story by that point so we needed a shaking of the snow globe and that time gap did it i thought it was only 30 years i, I, I not, what did i, I say I think it's, you said 28, is it, I thought it was 30 years. Oh, for some reason I have 28 in my brain, but I have no idea where I got It doesn't that. really matter. I mean, it's like. 28 or 30, something yeah, like that. Yeah. It's kind of like, um, do you know that like the uh, Mount Everest, when it was initially measured, was like exactly, it like hit a thousand on the dot, like 12,000 exactly. So the guy t- put, added two feet to make it sound more real because <laughs> he thought people wouldn't, uh, wouldn't I think believe I have him, heard you know? that. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Anyway, um, it was like, great, good idea. And then we get back to them and it's like, Literally everything is the exact same. Naomi and Holden are just doing their same old thing. They just had like, I guess, a boring, peaceful 28, 30 years or whatever of just <laughs> running errands for different factions in the solar system, which is just like still peaceful. And like they didn't know Laconia was like building up there, plotting deviously over on their system. But like, I don't know. So first, my first problem is nothing changed in the story. What do you think about that? Um, I mean, didn't Alex get married and divorced again <laughs> which I yeah was like, i guess damn, but like, alex i don't know they threw it in there as like something needed to happen sure yeah i mean it's it's interesting definitely because um i mean like amos and clarissa's relationship is basically like the exact same yeah it's gotten stronger it's very much platonic which is is totally cool uh and then like bobby and alex are like best buds um, right and like yeah that, that makes sense i mean i guess it makes sense to not have two couples on the ship i don't know they're really skirting around it yeah they kind of were i mean like alex getting divorced again it's just like man really though like, right and like when did he have the time i guess 28 years you know but like it's quite a while yeah i mean i, I, I think i ship? see what you're saying though in the sense that it really does just kind of feel like the crew of the rasinante just they're now they're just old and you know, one of the things in this book the with the bobby chapters which i really liked the bobby chapters for the most part um, kind of like seeing a lot of this through Bobby's eyes now that she's a lot older too. I mean, she's just she's been one of the best characters in this series, and then being able to see this kind of stuff through her wizened eyes has been yes. pretty cool. I didn't really buy that she was jealous of Holden getting all the attention and stuff, and like still Me being either. like the. I don't know. It he just never seemed to want to be a front man. It just never really seemed. I mean, like yeah, I think Bobby knows that she would be a really good leader and i know that everyone else thinks that too but it's just like they've been on this ship for 30 years right if you want you know, something so bad why don't you go do it <clears throat> i don't know i just thought that was kind of like she's like finally i get my own ship and it's like i mean you probably could have had your own this whole time but you wanted to stick with the crew and like now it's not i mean holden's been the captain of the rasinante this whole time like holden didn't know i'm not saying that bobby was like being unreasonable or anything like that i think that her thought process the way that it was presented made a, a decent amount of sense but at the same time i felt like it just kind of like clashed with her character a little bit like her mm-hmm. feeling this like kind of resentment almost towards holden when she had never really like shown that in many ways like beforehand and stuff and i don't know right. it just felt it felt kind of like fabricated conflict almost like it just didn't i just didn't buy it you know but that's yeah it's like my only that was like one of my only real gripes with the book i kind of thought that it would be cooler if they would have had holden and naomi's retirement happen 
uh, like a month or two before the book started. So we return back to this like totally different Rosinante with this totally different like power dynamic. And then when they come mm. back, we kind of have to like learn this like who's in charge, which they kind of did, but it didn't seem as powerful because it was like they just handed it to her like a chapter before that. Yeah, that would have made so a they're like more we're sense, back. Okay, then, cool. Yeah, because then Bobby really would have been the captain of the. Because yeah. I mean, she was she was like technically, but. It, only like a few days had passed. You know right, what I mean? It's right. like it's too fresh. It was too fresh. So yeah, I, I hadn't really thought about that, but that's a cool idea. I thought thought that would have been cool, and like I, I would have liked a new solar system. Like you're telling me that like we gained access to hundreds, if not thousands, of habitable planets. Many of them with like alien tech on them. Like like the first one you went to had false alien moons built around it and installed around it. Like the value and advancement of the human species technologically, not to mention like what we would find new animals and plants and stuff and ecosystems that could broaden the scope of our understanding and the effect and impact we have on the world around us. Like by so much. I mean, I don't we think that do that wasn't that. We didn't go out and like check it out. The Rosnante was running errands. They weren't like doing spy missions. Like we don't even know what the Luconians are up to. Like what the hell? What? I think that was like implied, but James S. I. Corey just didn't make that right. It in there. The... Yeah, I think it's implied that, like, and and I mean, thirty years is a fairly long time, but it's not that long. I think that um, there's like a part in the book. I can't remember the exact wording, but basically they were saying you know, these 1500 worlds, like, yeah, we do have these other worlds and that's great, but starting whole other civilizations like takes a really long time. Totally. You know, so like those are 1500 worlds that even after 30 years are still very much getting themselves off the ground, you know? So, I mean, but I kind of see what you're saying though, in the sense that you'd think that a lot more um, resources and like information would be being kind of like beamed around and um, yeah and like i like said i think it is priority should be getting alien technology reverse engineering it and becoming like powerful right yeah but the crew of the rossi and like the 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 pov characters that we have in this particular book aren't like botanists and scientists and stuff it kind of makes sense that you would just kind of imply it but it's not like their thing the crew of the rossinante and then you know by extension we've got a drummer who's in charge of the whole like belter situation and mm -hmm. everything um like all the trade and everything going on with all that i did like that though how they kind of become like the trade federation of the galaxy it makes sense know? it was like yeah. the best possible solution um yeah i mean like the drummer chapters i just wasn't into them well, like, I mean, they, were, either. they were all right um i think that there was it was kind of cool if, we're, if i was going to pull anything out of the drummer chapters i think it's interesting that drummer sent the rasenante out to kind of like dole out justice for like this this civilization that wasn't playing by the rules you know right. and for then, very good reason well but it's interesting because and i and i think that this is touched on in the book too obviously but like drummer's got like this shocked pikachu face when another faction tries to do the exact same thing you yeah. know what i mean so and i i'm not saying it's a bad thing i think that drummer was aware of it and and we as the reader are aware of it too there is a certain irony there you know what i mean and, and i think that a lot of what this book seemed to be about was if it's might is right in one situation why is it not might is right in a different situation like obviously right. laconia has their shit together you right. know what i mean like because of two ships might as right at the same time both disappear. <laughs> I don't know. See, that's that's a it's an interesting. That's one of the strengths of this book. You know, is kind of like broaching that question. It's like, well, okay, so why? And and this is kind of rhetorical. It's like it's, but it's like, why doesn't Laconia get to just step in? And, right. Right. Even though you know, it's like and it's a very like, good it's, reason. It's like the ultimate question of of colonization. You know what I mean? It's like, should you, if even if. This is a very big capital I, capital F, if, even if 
your culture, your civilization, your society would be a net benefit to whoever you're colonizing. Right. Does that give you the right to go in and do that? And I would say that's a giant resounding no. Yes. Sorry, nope. <laughs> Absolutely nope, it is not. not. Yeah. But but uh drummer had kind of like enforced that onto this very distant world who had their own reasons and sound reasons for not following the rules that were set down like this and the and not to mention the punishment for uh that first that initial world where houston very had come severe from, it was it was so bad that I agreed with Holden's really rash decision yeah. for once. <laughs> like three years? Like, and, and like, okay, we're trying yeah, to expand and broaden the much. human race. And you're going to say like, oh, these one people, like what if they're the ones that find the super secret awesome technology from yeah, the thing? Well, you're not going to be trained with them for three. It's like, it's not even good for us. It's not, it's no, not but a, you have that's, to, that's so terrible. And that's, but that's the gross thing about it. It's like, you know, making an example out of like a whole planet. <laughs> Come on, you guys. Totally. Like, yeah. Was, but, at, but, but how do you keep up order of that magnitude though you know what i mean if if yeah. you have like rules are there for and believe me i'm i'm pretty pretty anarchistic a lot of the time you know what i mean <laughs> like i i'm i'm very my philosophy on a lot of this stuff uh is a certain way but like, right. i do understand Same. that there has to be a, a some kind of order to things and if someone right. breaks that order then there has to be maybe not like a punishment where you're killing everybody effectively but like some sort of like repercussion has to come from not doing something that benefits the whole you know but it's, totally it's so like we all kind of need to play by the rules and but only for the sake of everybody's good like and only to a certain extent you know rules are there i think to kind of hopefully are there to guide us towards like working together and making sure that you know i don't do something that hurts you and vice versa and we are uh, able to share good things with each other culturally and like grow together and enhance our ability to grow, not to restrict us and keep us in control. And, you know, drummer was definitely kind of flexing a little bit. And so I feel yeah. you when it's like, yeah, you know, like they're on their own world. Like what's this, why are you able to get them in control? Like, well, why is that, you know, if they can just break free and do their own thing, which, you know, and I'm okay with them being their own thing, but when it comes to them now being like, and we're going to go take you over now, and now you're our thing, it's like, okay, whoa, 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 whoa. Well, see, um, this is why I thought that I didn't think the drummer chapters were bad. And it, like I just said, like you can really pull quite a bit out of uh, her perspective on all of this. Um, I liked her interactions with Avasarala. There was Same. a lot of good in there, but I just felt they were, they were just kind of boring. You know, yeah. like the chapters just I they kind of just all blended together in my mind. Whereas the the sing chapters and the sing was great. The sing was cool. The Bobby chapters were excellent. Um did we have we had like an Amos and an Alex chapter thrown in here, didn't we? I believe so. Yeah. I wrote down all the perspectives um here oh, at the cool. bottom here. Yeah, we have um we had Cortazar, drummer, Bobby Singh, Holden, Alex, Amos, Naomi, Clarissa, and Duarte, which was a lot. I'm not gonna lie, that was a little overwhelming. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, like Babylon's Ashes had a bunch. Yeah. Of, um, but okay, so let's talk about uh, Duarte. I think this is this is an interesting yeah. thing. I think um, I'm so glad. I just want to start off by saying I'm so glad that uh, James S. A. Corey decided on the kind of villain that Duarte is. It's one yes. of my favorite kinds of villains. Is the very articulate, well spoken kind of like you almost want to be as you want you want to make him happy okay do you agree with my statement my following statement of he is the big bat he is our dark lord and not 
I don't with know. With the exception I, of potentially this thing that took out the protomolecule species. The... I, th- I think that he, I, and this is just, I'm not even that far into the next book, really. I'm not trying to spoil anything, but like, it seems to me that like he um, has, has more of an understanding of what everything, everyone is up against. And he, he seems the most confident that he can usher humanity through yes. or, or, or cooperate. I with, love his motivation. Like, yeah, and he thinks without like, him, he's doing the Lord's work, man. Without him, the human race will be extinct. And you know what? From where I'm standing, and where Holden is sitting, maybe he's right. He's and, yeah, exactly. So exactly. that's why it's such a great. Um, I guess villain is such a weird word to use, but I'm going to use the word villain. He's um, a villain. Yeah. Yeah, he's a villain. I mean, like because anyone, even if their intentions are good, he will. He w- he would press the button that would kill most. You know, half of everyone if his. Um, goal is achieved and that is definitely villainous it's like thanos in uh the infinity exactly saga, you know like what I mean? thanos like, yeah and thanos is an amazing villain that's why <laughs> like, he's, he's an amazing so villain. good yeah so duarte is giving me kind of like thanos vibes mm-hmm. a little bit um but in this specific situation like thanos in the marvel movies is the kind of like you know the the buck stops with thanos and in this situation that does not stop with duarte there's like this whole other thing which we're in book eight like i really hope <laughs> we get to find out what the hell it is cause... and that thing like sneezed on us or sneezed on the tempest anyway which we found out right at the end which is the same thing like it's some sort of thing that made him be like oh the thing that destroyed the protomolecule like species and caused this whole like planet quarantine system thing to, to occur in the first place it's out there and it made itself known when the tempest used some of that protomolecule technology yeah the um the protomolecule kind of like being mixed in to all of this to the point where they have these different ships this is getting a little bit lopsided here yes you and know. like hit me with your thoughts on duarte getting alien superpowers it's yeah pretty par for the course i guess toward the i end mean of not series. really though they're always like technology <laughs> oh yeah you're right end, i just you know? meant like but it's yeah, very it's different like, than the previous i feel oh, like absolutely you know? i just, like, just whoa, meant whoa. i just meant for like right where we're at it's like well of course we're gonna have somebody that's like you know the, the like the blue guy from Watchmen, you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't remember that guy's name. It, uh, um, yeah, I mean, it did make a lot. Okay, I thought about it a lot because I was at first, I was like, okay, really, we're gonna go down the alien superpowers road, but then like <laughs> it was pretty good actually because, like, okay, from like mental monster psychopath who's like willing to do anything to achieve his aim, that's like not enough. They've already thrown the proto molecule at us, which is like basically magic, you know, like it has the tech equivalent of superpowers. So our protagonist, who I think that he is going to be like the big baddie, at least as far as the humans are concerned on the human side, he will be our dark lord of the entire book. I, I mean, think maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I, don't I mean, know. I think so. He's going to be the driving force behind it all that he's going to need to be. Yeah, killed he's before like the he's like the achieve. liaison or or his his party, I should say, like Laconia, um, his 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 inner circle yeah maybe, you know but it is but yeah, i mean he's, he's not he's even a council guy. like he calls himself the high council but he's which makes you think of a group but that's a position and it's him so I think like, it's high console not high council oh really yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you audiobook, would be right yeah audiobook problems <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, ah. that audiobook narrator is great he yeah a, very a, very good we've gone um i've i've done like like two thirds of this has been in hard copy, like reading the books, and then like another third has been Same. audiobooks. I think oh, I audiobooked half half. Yeah, like I audiobooked all of Abaddon's Gate, and I audiobooked um, most of Babylon's Ashes. Okay, but I think, but I read all of the other, like Nemesis Games, Sibylla Burn. I, I 
read all those. Read it all. Yeah, I started reading them quite heavily, and then I just recently kind of switched over to the audio. I really like the um, reader. But, you know, in order of us, in order of us, for us to be scared of Duarte, you know, like the regular human isn't going to cut it anymore. We've already beaten the proto-molecule, so we've survived an alien, like, flesh wizard uh, that turned our family into, like, sentient <laughs> meatball wizard. portals, you know? Totally. And uh, an earth being blown up. Like, we've gotten past some pretty impressive like things we have some pretty hefty battle scars on us and so like a devious guy willing to sacrifice the lives of most of humanity in order to achieve his goals it's like not that that's that's scared that's scary so we needed to give him superpowers let's shift over to sing what a weird interesting uh cool character um i i was not a fan of the way that he went out me neither uh, but it made sense i guess yeah um, but it felt like a very kind of like I didn't really get his whole motivation. Like, we need to kill, like, a bunch of these people. And then someone's like, I was told not to let you do that. Pow. Okay, so here's the thing. Here's the thing that I take issue with with Singh. Why would they put him in that position in the first place? I mean, like, this seems like a really crucial mission, you know? Yeah. Like, a, like, it seems weird that they would, like, put him in this position when they know, like, the top brass knows that he doesn't have as much experience with this particular, like, like working with belters and everything. There are other people that are very good at it, but they don't, they, they specifically put him in this position with people that he would disagree with, so it would, like, harden him or something? Like, I didn't I guess like really maybe, you're going to go into the testing the training grounds for Medina Station the key to the rest yeah, of the world I, and maybe like I'm not I'm not a like veteran military commander or mind or anything so maybe that is a really good call but I it didn't feel like it I mean it no. felt like this was destined to fail from the be beginning which is why I'm wondering is Duarte playing like seven dimension uh, chess yes. here you know what i mean yes, like maybe is. maybe like medina was supposed to be botched in a certain way or something oh, like that or like yeah, I, yeah yeah because it just doesn't make sense that like you'd present duarte and um trejo like these these huge military minds it doesn't make sense to me that that you would put somebody like Singh in this position where it's like when they were okay here, here's here's another little thing i've got here to okay maybe back this up they specifically showed Singh meeting with Duarte and with Trejo and specifically they were asking him about his family. I think what was going on there is they were kind of gauging him to see if he was like super emotional. You know oh, what I mean? Like okay. if he had a reason to be overly emotional in those kinds of situations because something about it just doesn't really add up and like line up for me like it's not a good enough excuse that they were like trying to test his metal and like make sure uh, right maybe I'm like what if he fails? Wrong. Then your whole plan failed. The whole thing is linchpinned around this. I don't know. Like it's just something about it just felt which is why I liked the Sing chapter so much, is because he was so on edge. He was so out of his element. Highly and, paranoid. <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty good reason to be, right? Oh, for sure. I mean, like, and then he ends up like his fear becomes to fruition even at the end. So yeah, he had every reason to be. It was weird reading it in the moment, you know, because I couldn't help but wonder like yeah why isn't this lady in charge like she keeps giving him just awesome advice on what to do here she's 100 percent right you know she's basically just like look i've worked with belters before and they're gonna hate if you do this it's gonna be really really bad and he's just like get out of here you know like so i okay i think that you're correct in that duarte is playing super awesome crazy chess we just don't understand now because when, like look how it was hinted at that he was working with like marcus like 20 or 30 years ago on this plan you know so it's like yeah. i think he's really in it for the long game and got everything laid out and he's a brilliant guy who who's motivated by something i'm like well that 
Seems pretty reasonable, though, like why you get to decide that you are the one who lives forever and rules all of the solar system. Like, you know, I mean, um, I think we've asked like uh, a flavor of this question before, but like, would the solar system be better off with like, because it's difficult because like on Earth, you know, having one liter of Earth seems iffy, you know, kind of weird. Yeah, terrible. Well, it really depends. I'll keep going. I don't know. It depends on a whole lot of stuff. A lot it, of people it, would have to be really cool with a lot of stuff really fast. It depends fast, on you know? one thing. Yeah. How awesome that leader is. If he's a good leader or a bad leader. Because like that's that's <sighs> the problem with with one system. Yes, we're so efficient. We can do everything done. We're all pointing in the same direction. We're not fighting. We're infighting. But like to have one person or one body of, of rulership right. to have that much power seems like it can go if it does go wrong it'll all go wrong it'll go you know? really really bad but like one see, country going under is like rough but we still have all the other ones it's like having multiple teeth you know that's that's why we have exactly multiple teeth yeah you can lose uh, one still chew yeah if you had if it was just one tooth it'd be yeah. horrible uh but never get in a fight but okay so my question is like maybe and i'm not saying like i'm a team duarte or anything <laughs> like that but it's just i i feel like um there's a certain I'm making a certain connection here where I'm thinking like, this is such an expansive, this is so much, it, like it's too much. Like it's, it, it, you almost, it's, it's almost like it's so out of control. Maybe they do need some kind of like one like, leadership. immortal like leader. <laughs> that yeah. can, like it, like the, the logic is so sound for a lot of it, but uh, there is that kind of part of me that's just like, no, absolutely right, not. Right. Like that's not the way that this, we can't do it like this. You know, right. which is it, why um, I thought that the the beginning sequence of events with Holden going and taking Houston and all, all of that was a very good kind of like precursor to what's going on majorly in the rest of the book. The ruler of the whole soul system, like the one ruler who lives forever sort of thing was very like Asimovian in that, you know, because he has like the um, ruler that's just the clones of him, you know, he's like got the day ruler and then the morning ruler and then the night ruler or whatever. And he just every time he gets old. They kill one, and then like the one that's below him moves up, and they're all clones of each other. And I thought it was kind of like a shout to that. No, no, I agree with you. I mean, this is why I think The Expanse is so cool, is because it's taking a lot of these uh, topics that we've kind of dug into a little bit with other science fiction Mm -hmm. writers and other stories and things like that, and kind of lends like a whole kind of like beat up blue collar kind of vibe to everything. And it's like much more character driven, which is why I think this is so popular, is because there is a lot to unpack with all of this. I mean, obviously, some of the main themes of this series seem to be power struggles, power dynamics, and um, colonization, and things like that. Like, who has the right to dictate what should go where, and who's allowed to do what? Um, Like, to what extent are we able to, like, deploy that power and enforce it? Mm -hmm. Um, Especially, like, when culture has spread itself out in the way that it has i think i mentioned on an episode earlier i think it was like maybe the first episode we did on this but you know on earth we're all on the same marble you know what i mean like i mean there is a certain kind of like we're all breathing the same air thing here and obviously i don't know if you've looked around lately but people mm-hmm. still disagree with uh, with each other constantly about everything we've got whole nations that are disagreeing with each other constantly but we're all kind of on the same thing you know but like when you expand out like this and we've got it would take you years of traveling at ridiculous speeds to even get to the the next spot right does does that distance start to kind of like break down how much we can rely on each other and how much we can dictate what it what each other can 
do right yeah, right i don't know but and and to further that question even if it was shown to be detrimental to a different party is that other party responsible for changing the way that they live to make sure that the other party like functions correct you know those right are right like playing by question. the rules sort of thing yeah 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 the the story's really kind of um wrestling with the idea of like the thing making us deserve that will make us deserve the rest of the solar system access to the stars if you will oh is, is the thing that will also destroy us if we don't do it like once we have um you know like we need to work with each other and peacefully join together and kind of join as humanity and stop letting our our petty little differences and squabbles like allow us to just kill each other by the million and like once we can do that then we will deserve the stars you know but like but if we don't it's going to destroy us so it's like it might give us the stars but it might also bring yeah, us to our knees like, and be our downfall those, what if those differences aren't petty though you know what i mean yeah yeah like, and even that's... so though they're not as big as mr like i devour species solar systems who comes along so it's like now we're going to be facing things out there in the in the rest of the stars that will require us to be unified so we must get over it or but die now that we're playing now we're swimming in the deep end you know and I think that this is why I would consider Duarte to be a villain is because I feel like if he's if he really does have the knowledge that he says he does, mm -hmm. if he has some sort of like esoteric connection to everything that's really a threat to the workings of our whole society, why wouldn't he go to other powers in this society and say, hey, I know all of this. Let's work on this together that's not what he's doing he's saying no like pump me up full of that protomolecule stuff i'll take the reins from here and that's some villain behavior you know like totally that's and he some... thinks he'll be able to take them out too and do better than them and just keep on his reign of power you know i don't know and that's why i think that maybe the next two books is going to really showcase a lot of coming together that would be great um yes i, I thought that's what was going to happen in this book but i i'm you know, after talking about it with you for a little while, it's like it's very clear that that couldn't have happened in this book. Yeah, like they had yeah. to come apart before they can become. That we I thought come they had together. already come apart and come together, but there's like there's we like, did. You're there's, not wrong. <laughs> but there's we did. But there's but there's coming apart and coming together, and then there's like coming apart and coming right. Together. Yeah, like World War II level sort of thing, and we we've experienced like a little bit of that in the fast little bit of in the last six books, but this was more like. No, no, we got to get just to the edge of Duarte. Because, like, I don't know how you felt when this book ended, but, like, all is lost, hopeless. The team is scattered. There's some groups that, like, lost all their bases. Like, we don't really have anything to throw at them. We're, like, desperately trying to reverse engineer and understand uh, Laconia's technology. So uh, it looks pretty morbid right now. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know what, like, Alex and Naomi and Bobby and Amos are going to do exactly yeah. are they gonna like mount some kind of expedition to like go save holden or it's uh, do you think holden's gonna be where he's at for the rest of the series or i don't know i think he needs to be there long enough to learn a lot of i think him and duarte are gonna start like really like striking hitting it off and <laughs> yeah they're gonna be palling around holden's gonna learn a lot about laconia their technology and the things that is driving duarte but is gonna ultimately agree with you and i that he is the evil uh, villain of this story and then we'll somehow break free or be broken free more likely from uh, laconia with this newfound knowledge and how to stop him huh. all right i have another question here okay. what, what did you think you finally got a death um or at least a, a crew member death what did you think about clarissa dying okay i thought it was like if you're gonna kill someone 
make it Amos. Make it name. Make me hurt. Make me. Hurt. I thought it was a little like okay. Like you knew that three the books one ago that was you should have killed dying. two people. Yeah. So you picked the one that was already dying, who was like the newest one on the crew, and like yeah, cool. But like let's not forget I like Clarissa. We yeah, started she's cool. getting to know Clarissa by her trying to kiss. Like she was the villain of one book, so it was like I don't know. Cool it's like. Yeah, it was a very cool arc. I have no problems with what they did with the story. She should have died. I just don't feel like there should be some other more more heavy deaths as well. I think it's a little bit like, okay, yeah. he's a little wussy. It's a little wussy. I like, know. It, felt like, it kind of just felt like they were like dropping Clarissa because they didn't really know what else to do with her. Yeah, you know? yeah. That's just kind of yeah. what it felt oh, like. That's convenient. Me. But it made sense, right? But I mean, because it made sense because they had kind of worked in these like faulty um like alterations that she had made to herself obviously and i think it all worked you know um like it it makes sense that 30 years later this stuff is killing her you know because it was just kind of like this black market stuff i'm like it's surprising she's still around you know totally totally um, but but, i would have rather had like her and naomi dying in each other's arms after defeating a group of people their blood pooling around the floor and And holden got taken hostage yeah yeah, and then holden goes on like a blood revenge off you like wonderful wonderful I just don't think that's what this story is. You it's know not. I mean? It's yeah, not. This is not what it it's is. It's a snapshot of our, of of us leveling up as a species, and and it asks the question: Can we make it? Can we come together and overcome our differences and face the threats that we will be now facing with access to the rest of the solar system, um, and and uh, together and and overcome? Because if not, it'll kill us. Hmm. Which is cool. I wonder what sort of parallels we could make in our own daily lives around. Boy, yeah, I don't know. I it doesn't doesn't seem doesn't hmm. seem relevant. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where did they pull that from? You know. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, Clarissa dying. It it didn't. Yeah. I mean, it was. It felt a little bit like. Yeah. Sure. Okay. But uh, I was surprised at Amos's reaction. He seemed very kind of like. I mean, it's in line with Amos's character. I suppose that he would. I just I expected him to just like really lose it you know like yeah he's super super ups i mean because there he's like they have like a daughter father like brother sister kind of you know right very familial i mean the whole crew is really familial but um amos and clarissa seem they all seem to have like their own special connections like bobby and alex amos and clarissa and naomi and holden you know like naomi and Hol- or i'm um, like like amos and clarissa aren't as close as like amos and alex even though amos and alex have been together longer and stuff like that so i don't know i was just expecting like maybe a little bit more out of amos but i suppose like he is the kind of guy that would just be like well you know back to the mud you know so yeah 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 very uh logan nine fingers uh in his way of of doing that what do you think about the fight between him and bobby i loved it yeah i I really loved it i I was really hoping that amos was gonna win Really? Like I knew he couldn't really. Yeah, I just because he's like the big bad. He's the big baddie in my mind. He's Worf, you know. So when he was defeated, I was like, "What? Oh man, come on!" I, I picture old Amos as Mike from Breaking Bad. Yeah, and he wouldn't have lost. <laughs> no, Mike wouldn't have lost. No, Mike no, never <laughs> Mike but never loses. I thought that that was uh pretty cool because the whole fight had like this air of like this was a long time coming kind of yeah. thing, and it it made sense that the the two people on the ship, um, who kind of like. <laughs> like alleviate their own anxieties and insecurities by fighting would yeah. end up having to do it to each other of like course. It, it was it was awesome it was actually uh probably one of the peaks 
of the book for me. Yeah, yeah. No, I really like the occasion and the things leading. I loved it all except for I really I was just disappointed in Amos. He's like, man, he's like the guy that's like, <laughs> you don't touch Amos. You know, look at someone who's in his family the wrong way, and he will rip your arms off uh, and feed you to them. Bobby's got like the like Amos is like this um, like almost empty vessel killer. But yeah. Bobby, Bobby's got like this whole other edge to her, you know, yeah, which kind of makes more sense that she would win because like with Bobby, I think Bobby, like, I think Amos was holding back. I don't know. Cause like Bobby was holding back. Bobby's got like this mentality of like, I will fucking die <laughs> before, <laughs> before I lose, you know what yeah, I mean? So Amos, Amos. No, Amos isn't quite there. You know, he's Amos is like, know, I'll man. die. Amos will die for his friends. Sure. Amos will die for his family. Uh, Amos is. Uh, oh, he's not dying for an idea, loyal. no. No, but he's not going to, like, <laughs> Amos would accept defeat faster than Bobby, in my opinion. Okay, oh, I, I agree. I, if Unless, it, I would not agree with you if he was defending, if it wasn't himself he was defending, if he was defending his loss meant totally. someone else's totally. defeat that he was in his circle of friends, then he wouldn't have lost. But that's but why right. it he, makes so much yeah, sense that totally Bobby right. would win, because yep. she, like, she would have kept going until her yes. freaking lungs exploded, you <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> she knew it, too, and yeah. Amos knew yeah. it. Yeah, Amos did excellent. put up a good showing, but still. You know, oh, yeah. Like, they beat the man? shit out of each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, sometimes that's what friends got to do, you know? You know just, yeah. Uh, we, have a, we have a very good friend who uh, just wanted to fight when he had too many drinks. And yeah, we dude. Didn't wanna, sometimes we, you needed to put him down, too. <laughs> we, we didn't want to do it for weeks. Yeah. Finally. And then one day you're like, <laughs> and I, I'm actually really into this idea, sure. And he can hardly stand. So like he just ran into like a hanging storage unit like minutes before that, just like from walking. So yeah, he's already damaged. Can you can you maybe elaborate a little bit? Um I was a little hazy on like this other Federation of Planets situation. Like the woman that dwarf yeah. that that um Singh had kind of like appointed to be his kind of like voice box to every you know what I mean? He had kind of gotten her to cave and she was like the leader of this was she in charge of like this sort of, uh, for lack of a better term, like United Nations of these new discovered planets? Was that kind of what that was? Totally. Yeah. And I actually really liked that. I thought that was really cool because they're called the Association of Worlds. Um, and it's basically all the settlers of these new planets are all really small players in the overall scheme of the power balances of and the hierarchies within the um, known solar system right and so they made this association world which you can kind of think of like a buying group for power they're like if we we're not very powerful all on our own but it's really intelligent actually you know so we're going to be beaten by the already established powers in the universe but if we can join forces together and create this association of worlds by adding all of our powers up we can play with the big boys and um, be powerful so i thought that was like a really cool and like the sort of thing that they should have done but and really hope filled right because they're all working together cool yeah i mean well the reason i brought it up and the reason i was a little hazy on it is because where was this association of worlds situation initially in that first kind of dust up with that planet that they that the rossi crew got sent to like why wasn't i felt like that that whole concept established then i think they were that's what i'm saying is like or or at least there was it was i don't see that's what i was hazy on is like I think I might have I might have just gotten that a little bit muddled up because I felt like the Association of Worlds got introduced a little bit late into the book, mm-hmm. and I was like, well, "Wait, if that's a thing, like, is that other planet a part of that, or what's yeah, I don't know. going on with that? Like, why weren't they involved in this situation, or maybe they were, but like, I just I don't know, I just missed totally. it or something. I don't know. And like, is that leadership? I don't know what it is now? 
Yeah, yeah. I'm wondering if their leadership is able. I mean, obviously, they're working with Singh. So I wonder if they're going to kind of be. I really I'm very curious now because we've talked a lot about, you know, Duarte being motivated by things that like we really should be motivated by. Um, but like, you know, his, his methodology might be an end game might be kind of evil. But like, I, I really wonder if the outer if this association of worlds and Duarte in the long run and everyone will end up being the good guys of our story here. I don't know. Like, it, uh, like is Holden never going to be like, I'm on the wrong side. I mean, see, now Divides that we're kind of like getting crew down the middle, oh, it's, it's funny because like now that we're getting kind of towards the end of this series, it's like we kind of have this question coming up and I don't know if this is how everything's going to shake out, but this is just from me finishing the seventh book and having two left. Like, are we going to be kind of left with like a um, are we going are we are we upholding the status quo or are we going to evolve with these new changes? Right. Um, even though it's uncomfortable. Well, uh, like we'd have the to. The new changes are like taking over our stations, though. That's not. Yeah, good. I know. <laughs> but, like, uh, but you know, and and that's why I think it would feel kind of like if this is actually how it shook 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 out. And I don't know if this is actually what's going to happen, but like, I feel like it would feel a little bit lackluster if that's what ended up happening at the end yeah. of this series. But it would be better because, like this this situation's like working. That's why they were caught with their pants down, is because for the most part. But for the last 30 years, like it's been pretty peaceful. Been you know? pretty like, good. It's been, yeah. It's been all right. I mean, like it hasn't right. been like a total zero disaster. research into protomolecule stuff, which is crazy from with me. Yeah, they did a know. little bit. Man, it was just nuts that like <laughs> not these as much as ships coming out of the Laconian gate are like they're unrecognizable. And I was like, wow, you guys didn't like priority going and find prioritize going and finding this new technology that's like wildly powerful. Well, see, what? that's the other thing too, is it's like, didn't anybody like keep tabs on like this missing Martian fleet that Right was, like and, you didn't like, have they were already or... like suspicious that Marco was working with somebody a little bit higher up, but as soon as Marco died, they were just like it's probably fine. <laughs> Let them do their thing. Let yeah. them do their thing. Yeah, like they killed the pl- the planet of humanity that started it all, and then drove off. And you guys like didn't decide to like check on them from time to time, make sure they weren't up to super evil stuff. Like they totally were up to. Like what? They totally were. Yeah, they totally were. Uh, did this kind of did Persepolis Rising kind of feel like it was one Frankie short of like the best uh, Deep Space Nine episode ever? It was giving me super Deep Space. It's Nine so funny vibes. that you mentioned Deep Space Nine because uh, my roommate recently just finished her second re or her her rewatch of these say oh wow it is not good enough to watch (laughs) it's so funny because uh yeah because i was out in the living room reading and uh, her name's mckenna she's one of my roommates and i'm just sitting out there reading with my dog and she's just like bursts into the living room and she's like have you watched deep space nine and i was just like no does anybody watch Deep Space?" yeah right has, has, that, has that been a statement been said with that level of enthusiasm like, yeah, in like and, 20 years yeah she says you liked it more than next gen and i was like well really, no though? Like, get out really? of here get out of here <laughs> like it's picard so she's a terrible roommate is what you're telling me okay no. <laughs> she's pretty cool but yeah i was definitely like kind of caught off guard and i was just like i did not think like Star Trek Deep Space Nine was not on my bingo card for today. Like, I didn't no, know I mean, it's talk about that. It's but like I didn't Star know. Trek season everyone makes fun of. Well, because I'd never watched it before. Um, I've only watched uh, Next Gen and the, the original series. Right. And um, I didn't know that Deep Space Nine was like a, it was like a, a space station. Yeah, like an offshoot and it was a space station. Uh-huh. That's pretty cool. I think that's yeah, totally. interesting for sure. Because all the yeah. other content we have in the Star Trek world follow a ship. The yeah. Enterprise, or you know, some such, Voyager. and that was just like very Medina Stationy. It's like a hub, you know, a central point of uh, 
where all the ships come and go. And there's multiple times in the series, like next gen and stuff that they'll go to deep space nine, kind of these crossovers, you know, it's pretty, pretty cool. But uh, yeah, that's why I felt it was very deep space 90. Cause it was all about like a station and the happenings within it. Yeah. And that's why I like this book felt a little bit stagnant for me, which is maybe why they threw in like the, the drummer chapters. Cause you got kind of like this other look at what was going on at a different part of the solar system, because it was very much like on Medina station. And we already kind of, did that <laughs> in like uh in what which one was it was it Al- abaddon's gate it was uh, like a lot so. of medina station when yeah, it was, the, when it was the big it. Myth, you know and then we had like even in babylon's ashes we have like all these chapters from like who cares like pov <laughs> characters for that are like on medina so in my mind like medina station i'm just kind of like sick of being on it but i, I understand how crucial it is to everything but, but it's like a, enough we have we have 1500 new planets and we're on medina station what <laughs> like crazy and like like why the holden and crew are like man we have access are we gonna go where like no man has gone before and expansion and, and nah. di- discover new horizons like no nah, we're just gonna run errands for the next 28 years in the like well, okay <laughs> um however i will say okay. all that aside i thought the jump forward in 28 years was like a cool way of expanding because like the story is expanding us, you know, humanity's expanding to the universe, but also like expanded the story a little bit. It made it very big. They're going for an epic yeah, they're going for tale here with tons of levels and interconnectivity and meaning and factions and all this stuff. And uh, I thought that that aided to the story. It didn't take it away. I didn't think they did enough with it, in fact, but I do think it was an effective way to add expansion in time. Yeah. I mean, so with this series, I mean, we're kind of starting to round it out. Uh, we're almost on the penultimate book in the whole series. And um, Great I would word. say that, thank you. I would say that um, I like every single one of these books, but I really like a few of them. You know what I mean? So yeah, I feel like yeah. it, it's like, it's kind of split up for me. Um, like these are so, good books and there's a few great ones. So like for me personally, so far, I would say uh, Leviathan Wakes, Caliban's War and Abaddon's Gate. Like those first three books yeah, are like banger after banger Bangers. and then and then like kind of a weird dip with cibola burn and then nemesis games was excellent like really really good and then i would put babylon's ashes kind of in the same camp as cibola burn and then persepolis rising is like on its own totally it's, on its own and it, the first like, half of it i was like mah, 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 mah. and then the second half i was like okay yeah this is like the this is the book well, I, I have beginning like the and most... end i loved middle yeah. is not great yeah this is the book i think i've had the most mixed feelings on so mm-hmm. so far because so much of it was interesting and it got me really thinking but it it also felt stagnant so totally and it kept going where i didn't want it to go i'm like why am i talking politics on like this trade union station like when there's so much more interesting things happening on like laconia and stuff yeah i don't know this is i'm i'm pretty excited to see what these next two books hold for us because yeah this is, i'm surprised uh, I keep did, being surprised. Yeah. Did you picture Avicelera as like an elderly woman yeah. previous the 28 years? Yeah. Yeah. It surprised me that she hadn't died. Yeah. Same. Now she's like yeah. ancient. I think people just live way longer. Oh, maybe so with technology and stuff. Yeah. yeah. I think, um, like she's like 90 Earth, now in my mind. Yeah. People Easily. on Earth are living until like past 100. Like, okay. On, on average, I think. Okay. Which makes sense. I mean, like, we're. I mean, if, as long as nothing bad happens to us, I mean, I think our generation is supposed to be like getting up into the 90s and centuries. Okay. And stuff That's like, like that. the average. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, um, I'm sure if if our trajectory stays the same medically and scientifically, I wouldn't be surprised if humans in like 200 years are living till they're 130, 140. 
Right, right. Or maybe like 110. Probably is not a super fast. Well, no, we have like achieved a lot. And yeah. not just in yeah. like like the like the um quality of life. We have a lot a lot of quality of life changes over the last few years. Yeah, I mean, just like if you live in a city, the emissions are so much lower, you know, because right. we've we've regulated like what how much cars can spit out. Totally. I mean? And if we like, can prevent that's made something a big like deal. Oh, made yeah, a big difference. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, and if we can, you know, keep our average looking strong and and not have like a world war that like all the 30-year-olds die or something <laughs> and totally destroy right. our numbers, then well, we might be able to get up into those hundreds. You know, it's funny though cuz uh <laughs> it's like I feel like if you live till you're like 110 years old, that's awesome, but you've kind of looked 75 yeah. for like 30 years, <laughs> which is crazy. You know, it's interesting like you to can think have a about. Kid yeah. That is like geriatric. Like you guys can both be buying off the senior menu, getting the discount. Totally. Yeah, it's crazy. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like when, yeah. like my dad was twenty four when I was born. So when he's seventy four, I'm gonna be fifty. Like, yeah, that's nuts. Yeah, like we're both gonna be. I mean, fifty's not like old, but like right. it's not super young either. You know, so right. Like, is he still gonna be like doing dad stuff and like? I don't like, know. Dude, I'm 50 we'll... years old, Dad. I know, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably the whole time, yeah. I but it's cool. We'll go like old guy fishing and old guy golfing together. Yeah, super, super great. It'll be great, man. I uh, go go living old. Crush life for as long as possible. All right, everybody. That's that's gonna do it for us today here for Book Reviews Kill and Persepolis Rising. That was uh, that was a cool book. I like that book a lot, and I liked some of it not very much, but we got overall, some, very some good conversation out of it, though, and that's, yeah, totally. that's important, you know? Totally. But yeah, we're almost wrapped up with The Expanse, everybody. Look out for our episode on Tiamat's Wrath soon, and after that, Leviathan Falls, and then we oh. might do a, um, we might recap a novella or like a short story, because there's, yeah. there's quite a few of them, but... I think we should, our, now our that we've spent so much journey, time in this universe. <clears throat> yeah, but our Expanse journey is coming to a close. It is. It is. And with, uh, there's always a bit of sadness. There's always grief. There's always like a grieving process with loss, right? You know, but, uh, I'm ready. I'm ready for the, I'm ready for new stuff to come our way, though I will, it will be with a bit of, uh, sadness that I say goodbye to Rossi and their crew. Oh, I'm absolutely rereading these. There's yeah, no question. Yeah. It's going to have like, to be like 10 years from now, but yeah. Yeah, maybe, but like it'll, I'm keeping this. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. And I think the reread would be like really fun because you'd probably notice all kinds of different totally. you know, weird foreshadowing right and, and you know it now else. so the complexities wouldn't you wouldn't get lost in the complexities so much no no it'll be like um it'll be like uh like when i reread a song of ice and fire you know i was just noticing all kinds of different totally things in fact when i was uh first time i read i only got through like the eighth one of the malls on books but by book two i was so excited for my reread i was like i'm gonna enjoy these so much more the second time i read them so I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, everybody look out for Malazan because that's happening in September. It's happening, Hopefully. happening. Hopefully, if we stay on schedule, which we haven't really been. but We're doing our darndest over here. You know, we're doing we're our best. We, we had to take some breaks. But anyway, I'm yeah. going to go. Uh, everybody, too. thank you so much for listening to this episode. Look out for our new ones. Check out the Patreon. Check out the Discord. Check out our Instagram pages. You know, Leave us reviews. Love us, us reviews. in any way you can. Yes, appreciate it. We, we love, love you. you. <clears throat> hope you all have an awesome rest of your day and of course happy reading bye everybody